Welcome to Tinto Talks, the hub of all things perinatal. My name's Octavia and I will be talking about all things pregnancy related and beyond. We'll be covering specialist topics from experts in the field and collect a spectrum of real life stories from parents who've been there and done that. Our aim is to offer unbiased, evidence-based information, but also shed light on the joys and challenges of parenthood to support each unique journey. There really is something here for everyone. Finally, if there's a topic that you want us to cover, let us know. But in the meantime, sit back, relax, and prepare to feel supported, inspired, and informed. Hi, welcome to Tinto Talks. My name's Octavia. I'm one of the resident physiotherapists and also one of the experts on the team. And today we've got Charlotte here with us. Um, she's a new mother of two. She gave birth three weeks ago during lockdown. And she's here to tell us her story of giving birth during COVID times, but also of a successful VBAC, so a vaginal birth after C-section. So welcome, Charlotte. Thank you for joining us. Hello. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. A little bit tired, but I'm okay, thank you. <laughs> good, good, good. We look very glamorous, so well done, you. <laughs> <laughs> You've got um, Winnie attached to you. On yep, here she is. Muggled up. Lovely. How's she doing? Very good, thanks. Yeah, she's doing all the right things. So, yeah, so far, so good. Good. And the other one's tucked up in bed upstairs, yeah? Just being put down for a nap now, so... Perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, I've got my two outside being fed by my husband, who's very kindly come home to allow me to do this. So let's get going and see how it goes, okay? So, um, yeah, what would be really great is if we could just kind of talk a little bit about your story, about um, the birth of your first child, and then we'll kind of go through um, how you came to the decision of having um, a VBAC and then and then talk to us about, about how it went. So, yeah, so talk to us about the birth of, of Barnaby. So I had Barnaby um, 18 months ago, um, so quite a close age gap between my two children. Um, I um, was measuring quite big during my pregnancy with Barnaby, so I went under consultant care and I was induced on my due date, which is something I was quite reluctant about and had to negotiate quite hard with my consultant at the time to do due date rather than two weeks prior to my due date. Um, so I was induced. I had a 48 hour labor, so it was quite a long birth, um, wow. which resulted in an emergency C-section. Um, reason being he was back to back and in a slightly sort of face up position. So nothing I could have done to control that. Um, yeah. and that you continue so long really with. Indeed. And I think midwives don't really, they, they, you know, they, can, they can't see through your, your, your stomach, can they? They can't see what position a baby's in, but they know that it's not progressing as they would like to see it. So um, I had an emergency C-section with Barnaby, but it was really positive. I had brilliant consultants and um, actually felt really in control and it was a, it was a positive birth. Amazing, that's good. And I mean, it sounds, from looking at the research, it, it seems that uh, one in four births end up in a C-section um, and then there's a slightly higher percentage of those that end up being an emergency. So it really kind of, brings into the discussion which you mentioned was one of the first things you said about the choice about what birth you have um, and yeah. it's really interesting you know obviously a lot of mothers especially first time around want to have a natural birth and, and give it a good shot and but then you know when you've got such a, a high percentage going in for an emergency which obviously is much more challenging I mean what was the recovery recovery like? 
Yeah, and I, th I think that's a really good point you make because I think there's quite a lot of pressure to have this, what people call a natural birth, and all births are natural, aren't they, in so many ways. You know, you're giving birth, you're, you're, you're delivering a baby. And I think I felt quite a lot of pressure to give birth vaginally. And mm -hmm. so maybe there was an element of disappointment, the fact it was an emergency C-section, but um, I knew those ratios as well, and it did feel quite high. Um, but it's for the safety of mother and baby. I don't think if I birthed him in that position who knows what <laughs> carnage it might have created. So yeah, absolutely. Um, my recovery um, was pretty good. I mean, it's major surgery, isn't it? And I think it's incredible um, how quickly you can recover from it. Um, and I was up and about quite quickly. I was physically quite strong during my pregnancy. So um, maybe that was beneficial. And I think with your first child, you have the luxury that I could put my feet up and probably spend some time recovering. 100% you're not running after a toddler are you at that point <laughs> and I do think there's something to, I mean everybody is different but you know it does if you are in a good shape before you go in often that does help things a little bit so yes so then when you found out that you were pregnant again um how did you feel about giving birth again and what was what were your thoughts what went through your mind so initially um I thought about the age gap and I thought that might be quite a um uh, sort of a pull towards me ending up well having an, another c-section again because yeah. I thought that maybe my uterus wouldn't have recovered um, and that's what the medics and consultants and midwives would be recommending so that were they were my initial thoughts um, and because I had a c-section that's all I sort of knew so I thought that I would probably have a c-section initially they do talk a lot about um, kind of the ideal time for your body whether you have a c-section or not to to go into going to labor again you know there's so much that needs to come back to some form of kind of settling point first of all if you're breastfeeding your hormones stay you know raised and elevated and change for so yeah. long and then even once you stop it's another approximately six months or so until they really get back to normal and then you're running around after a child and then you've got your pelvic floor to manage and then you've got all your muscles and your posture that you've got to get back and you know not even get back but just you know get working in a way that's help you know functional for you to get all your everyday tasks done and it's it's a big job getting you know recovery after having a baby yeah. and, it, and, and, and major emergency surgery through the abdomen so yeah and i think i'd read about uterine rupture which in itself sounds absolutely terrifying doesn't it so rupturing your uterus wow so i was pretty scared about that um but when i had um under the nhs or at least under the hospital i gave birth at um you get an appointment with a consultant and a senior midwife to have mm -hmm. a discussion around around your birthing options. So that's for after Winnie. the section for Winnie, yeah, for my second birth. Um, so I very much thought, well, that's a, a great opportunity for me to find out the facts and actually see what they recommend. Although in the back of my mind, initially I thought I'd probably go in for an elective C-section. Um, but actually at that appointment, the consultant yeah. told me that my uterus will be fully recovered and it isn't right. actually a close age gap. Um, and he would recommend that I went for a VBAC, um, partly because I was lucky that I dilated to eight centimetres when giving birth to Barnaby. So yeah. my, my cervix had done some of the hard work, my uterus had done some of that hard work, so, which I think helps with that VBAC decision. Yeah, it does. So when, when looking at um, the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecology, some of their recommendations say that um, one of the, like you've got a 70% chance of a successful VBAC basically after having a C-section. Um, but one of the things, one of the factors that 
that kind of pushes you higher up that that chance of having the, the, that birth is um having had a vaginal birth before so even though so you could have had like vaginal birth c-section and then and then mm. go to the back again i think you're right your body has gone through that process of like opening and the muscles yeah. have checked stretched and yeah so, so it makes sense and that's do you know what i think I, I wonder if as well having that really positive especially if, if that's something that really was interesting to you having that positive chat with that consultant probably just emphasized even more and helped you probably have that successful birth as well i think it's so much a mindset as well as you know yeah. that your stats you know because everyone is different so exactly yeah so um and you also mentioned that you that which hospital were you at in london so I gave birth to um, Barnaby at the Royal Surrey Hospital, which is in Guildford, yeah. and then gave birth to Winnie at Winchester at Royal right. Hampshire. So that must have been a big, a, a bit of a, an added worry in, in a sense, changing all the team that you're working with. So in Guildford, did you have the consultant, you said? Yeah. So I yeah, didn't move until I was like 35 weeks. So I had to do sort of quite a speedy change. Yeah. Um, but I kind of kept myself right. calm with the fact that all these people have trained in similar places and actually you can birth anywhere. Um, so sort of managed any anxiety around that to think, you know, any midwife can birth your baby. So but there, there were some sort of admin and logistics around that that, that were a bit nerve wracking. But I did see a consultant also at Winchester um, who made the same recommendation. So it was good that I... Um, had sort of they, they they were supportive of each other both consultants saying going for a VBAC um, and I definitely feel in medicine I think they are encouraging VBACs aren't they for second I think is there a little bit slightly more risk increase of a second c-section um, maybe a tiny bit um, but they were very supportive with the fact that they said I could even book in an, an elective c-section and see what happens which is mm -hmm. Yeah, they talk about um, so the, the the more negative aspects of or like the, the risks um, can be that it obviously it can lead you is much more complicated if you go on to have further births. If you have two C sections, then that can be much more challenging if you want to have another baby because you've got a much thicker scar and yeah. all those sorts of things. Um, uh, obviously, you've got the risk of infection with surgery, all that sort of stuff, um, and um, you know more risk of uterine rupture and things like that. So yeah. there are definitely risks of having a second c-section um but yeah and then i think the other thing they talk about so they did you get um the option as well of, of did they discuss kind of booking a, an, a another elective surgery yeah and it was definitely an option that was available to me and although they said um you know they didn't even encourage me they said that you could have you're a good candidate for a vbac but yeah. you can absolutely book in an elective c-section and actually as I said, you can go in for both. You could book yourself an elective C-section for a week overdue. If you don't use it, you don't use it. So very supportive. Um, and I think it's really important to stay open-minded with that. Although, you know, as you mentioned, there is an element of risk. I knew that birth is birth. And even if I went for a VBAC, there's still a high chance. Well, it's 70% chance yeah. of a successful VBAC. There's still that, that percentage. Same chance, chance of, of giving, going in time round and getting it. It's pretty yeah. much the same. So, yeah. Absolutely. So I, I stayed open-minded on that. Yeah. 
they also say as well that um part of making that decision is that you need to you have to go to hospital to have the birth so there's no kind of home births um and they encourage one-on-one um nursing and um and also just making sure that you've got like the full team supportive team around you um and all of the you know skills and equipment there to go in for a section if you need it so if anything you're probably going to be better man like monitored and and Absolutely. just slightly more closely monitored if, if that's the choice that you want to make. And, so. and I think that helped me make a decision because you're sort of marked, you know, on the board outside. It's like, you know, previous yeah. C-section. So you're given a little bit Idea. of <laughs> treatment there because <laughs> they're keeping an eye on you. And OK, yeah. there's some disadvantages. I had to be monitored. So baby's heart rate had to be monitored. So, OK, you haven't got as much flexibility to move around space or... Yeah. You know, you can do a water birth um, because they do have monitoring systems, but it has to, you know, it depends on availability and things like that. But I felt very reassured knowing that I would have a big team and a, a very supportive team watching me. And they did say, because I said, I can't do 48 hours of labour again and then end up with a C-section. They said, that won't happen, which I thought, was, again, was a pull to me trying for a V-back because they said, we need to see you progressing yeah. um, at a certain rate. Um, yeah. So we won't let you labour for 48 hours again. So that, again, was kind of a bit of pull. I thought, okay, well, that's, you know, yeah. um, a so challenge. It's boring, isn't it? Yeah. There's just a lot more kind of not certainties but kind of things that are put into place to kind of help you feel like you know the decision that you made can be supported and carried through in a way that you want you know in your vision of like how you you want it to go so yeah exactly. i think also the, the that you wouldn't be allowed to do a VBAC if you had any of the high risk factors. So if you mm. had a uterine rupture before, if you had like, you know, um, a high um, scar um, from the previous C-section or, um, you know, like a percent of privia, all those sorts of things. So you've already kind of been ruled out for being high risk anyway. So yeah, it's good. So going back to kind of having the right team, because um, wait, first of all, actually, when did you actually make the final decision? Because it, that, if you're saying you moved down here at week 35, and I mean, from what I've read, you need to make the decision by around 36 weeks. So when did you, you're a bit like, mm, hi, yeah. <laughs> I need a consultant, and by the way. <laughs> well, what's quite nice is there isn't too much pressure from the consultants or the midwives to make that call. So that initial meeting with the midwife and the consultant where they said, you could do it, was definitely reassuring. So I kind of came away from that going, oh, right, I can, you know, I am a candidate for a VBAC. I just thought yes. they'd say no. Um, and they'd be cautious as medics often are. Um, yeah. And so that kind of, that was a first clicking point for me to think, oh, I didn't even think that was an option. Hmm. And I think for me, there were two parts of that. Um, curiosity, to not have given birth vaginally before, but get so close, was always yeah. like, mm, what if? Like, what does it feel like? And yeah. I've had a C-section with Barnaby and got so close that I thought, so there was curiosity, number one. Um, yeah. And number two was recovery. The fact that I have a toddler and um, my husband had two weeks paternity leave, which slightly has changed because COVID has happened. Um, and I thought, how do I get back in the car to get into his classes and um, run around after a toddler? So... That was that, you know, I started to think about those aspects that made it quite attractive. And then coming again to meet the consultant at Winchester, which was when they sort of said, like, you need to make a call now. You're 38 weeks. Oh, as wow. well. Let's go for a VBAC. And, she, and so I'm, I'm, I kind of once I'd heard her reasoning, which mirrored the consultant in Surrey saying, 
you're a good candidate for it. I see no reason why you can't do it. There's part of me that saw, you know, thought it was a bit of a challenge. And I thought, well, I'll give it a go. And worst case, I could end up, you know, or I could end up with a C-section, not necessarily worst case, because it's positive. Or a selective, you know. Yes, like this, exactly. like they, they had you ready, you know, they, that it would be one of the last, I think it actually comes up as like one of the, the last things they try, the, the main thing they try and avoid is a, a repeat emergency. So, you know, it, it would be more repeat elective, which, um, you know, once, as you say, if you're not progressing, all those things kick in, then, then they'll be like, okay, right, listen, you know, let, before we get to that point, let's, let's intervene. Did you actually have a chat with them about um, staffing levels, like going into kind of like talking about COVID? Like, so, you know, what was, what was that discussion about? Because I mean, 38 yeah. weeks, getting near to the date now, like. Yeah. So by that point, I met that consultant, COVID was in full swing, um, but not quite in the, 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 the scenario we're in at the moment. So we weren't in full lockdown, but it was happening. And so one of my first questions to her was, are you protected? I, you know, so consultants, you know, in obstetrics and midwives, are they protected from um, being pulled into general into the hospital? And she said, at the moment, we are. So that was quite reassuring. Um, so I asked those questions, and at this point, they weren't, you know, they weren't wearing masks or covered up. So you could quite easily forget it was happening. Yeah. Um, but by the time I went into labour, actually, while I was labouring. Um, policy had changed and my midwife sort of knock, knocked on the door and said I look a little bit different this was halfway through giving birth and uh-huh. said I was like okay she said but just don't be because the last thing you want is to panic me during labour what so the policy changed mid-labour mid-labour and she came in oh. in a full gown and masked and I was like what oh. um but that what goes to show that exactly so it was a little bit nuts and I felt just sorry for her because she hadn't had the time to get used to it and it's obviously quite hot in a labor you know labor room anyway um but I think what that really showed is it was such a moving picture isn't it COVID it's a virus it is you know it's moving that I couldn't overthink it like what if when I go into labor what will the scenario be will there be midwives will the doctors because you just I just didn't know and I don't I think anyone who's pregnant now we just don't know what's around the corner so I tried to not think about it too much. And what I did know is that the Royal College of Midwives said we are protecting women. You know, women are giving birth and yeah. midwives are specialists. There's no one else in, in the hospital who can deliver babies like midwives. So I knew that midwives were protected. Um, and and I also knew- you weren't doing it in a birthing unit. You were in a hospital that has... That, that do sections they've got the doctors consultants anesthetists everything there so and exactly and winchester is a, is a is a fortunate hospital that it has a separate unit so we you know you're not in the general hospital which i suppose is a nice luxury because you're not around poorly people um but i knew there was an element of risk that i'm you know i'm in a high contact environment and that i was nervous about risk to baby because at this point only one baby had caught a known case of um <laughs> yeah coronavirus so I didn't know what the impacts on her would be um and whether of course I had it but it wasn't you know showing any symptoms and and the responsibility as well because when you called the labor line you have to say if you've got any symptoms and I didn't but there was an element of responsibility because you think well there's all these other women and babies I think if you had um around here you might have been sent to uh, Basingstoke that's right yeah I think they kind of separated the the wards into kind of like hot and cold um which is good yeah, yeah exactly so everything seems to be managed fairly you know pretty well I thought it's brilliant and i think they were really calm and you wouldn't have known 
Mm. I, honestly, I thought the care was brilliant. And if anything, probably midwives are really sympathetic to women at the moment, knowing that there are slight changes in the birth party, birth partners scenario, visitors on the ward. So, yeah, talk more about that then. What was the, what did they say about Joe? Yeah, so they were always very open about, they weren't sure what the situation, because as I said, it was such a moving, moving picture that um, they wouldn't know on the day of when I gave birth whether I can have a vis visitors or even have a birthing partner present. Um, so, yeah. going into like that's such suddenly a thinking thing. about like what do you FaceTime him in or do you like yeah. that be worse? I can't see not that angle. <laughs> but but you know this is, this is part of me that thought yeah, there's a bigger thing going on and I'll be okay. You know. But it would be more disappointing for Joe, my husband. So um, the scenario when I got there was he wasn't allowed in initially until I'd been checked and they knew that I was in established labour. And so when, was he outside of the car park? Or? Had to get in the car park, yeah, and then you just send a message so you can come in. Um, I suppose they just didn't want loads of partners and dads and people roaming around the corridors um, when... Putting their thumbs, yeah, yeah, like the old days. <laughs> exactly. So I... I was in established labour, so I was very lucky that I went straight into a birthing room and Joker come Before in. Before you go there, like just tell us, because your um, tell us exactly how the labour began, because you actually went in before, didn't you? So I um, I'd had quite a lot of cramping the the week prior to giving birth, and because I was induced with Barnaby, where um, under induction, it's you know it's a hormone that's given to you so it's less natural so labor is probably a little bit more intense yeah. uh, I was comparing it to contractions under the the hormone drip that I was given so I was like oh I just think it's Braxton Hicks it's okay but lo and behold I went in for actually for a sweep on my two days when I was overdue and I was four centimeters dilated so that was brilliant in the way that I was like well wow I mean I'm always halfway there easy. <laughs> yeah but um, interestingly that psychologically on the, in the car on the way home whether it was the sweep or whether it was psychological because I heard I was four centimeters I, I started to go into established labor so I got home and very quickly did a turnaround back into um, into the hospital so I had to like make childcare happen drop drop Barnaby my first child to a neighbor and by the time I got there I was five centimeters you just moved house I know not very well we know each other quite well now <laughs> Um, luckily, I made a friend. Yeah, oh, who, um, who so could help out. I don't think many people are going to turn away a lady who's. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. How long are you going to be? <laughs> exactly. So, um, it was good in the way that that you know the early parts of labour had happened, and whether that's because it was a second child and my body had already done that. Yeah. Um, who Amazing. knows? But it, it so that was really good. And then um, by the time I got into um, the labour labour ward, I was five centimeters. So I could go straight into sort of birthing. Perfect. Mm. And then it was smooth running? Well, I mean, yeah. It, 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 <laughs> as smooth running as birth is? Like. It's so difficult, isn't it? Because what do you know, what is smooth running? Is it what your birth preferences are, your birth plan? Is it yeah. what the midwives would like to see happening? Yeah. Um, and I've always stayed, I think after the birth I had with Barnaby, where basically I did everything. I birthed, um, I laboured to eight centimetres and then, it, yeah. you know, a C-section. I was quite open-minded. So I got to um I yes got to 10 centimeters and I was pushing for quite a long time and I think it was about an hour and a half I was wow. starting to get pretty exhausted um and at that point a consultant came in to just have a look because I think the midwife was thinking oh well you know what's that, going on that here? is a long time 
it is a long time. Um, and I, you know, relatively fit, but I was pretty knackered. Uh, yeah. And I'd had an epidural, so I couldn't eat. So I was really starting to sort of yeah. a little bit. Um, and you can't move as well with the epidural. I mean, they're supposed to be walking epidurals, aren't they? But you, as soon as you have one, you're completely stuck. Yeah, you can't. Um, and um, the doctor, the, the doctor came, the consultant came to have a little look, and Winnie's head was slightly to the side. So the part of the head we, that we want to be in the cervix here wasn't there. It was sort of like to the side again. So I had a von Tuss delivery. Uh, because we just needed to get the baby's get Winnie's head into the right place and as soon as it was I could it, it, it felt brilliant actually because it felt like a jigsaw going click yeah and I could push against something and she came within three pushes oh so, yeah it wasn't it, was, like you. <laughs> it was it was brilliant and you know it wasn't the dream because it's like you know I you know I used it was a von Tuss, but who cares like I at that point was you know it was really positive it was a v-back um and so I Don't feel like, I, yeah, I've ticked all the boxes in terms of uh, like had a C-section, used one yeah. tooth, and give birth, give birth vaginally. And um, so it was really positive. It was brilliant. Um, and I was just ready, ready to, for her to come out. And in the back of my mind, I did think I might, I might be going in for an emergency C-section here if this doesn't, if the bond, I knew what the next steps were probably. Yeah, you're like, especially when the consultant comes in, because they normally come with this big entourage, don't you? And you're like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> and I said, yeah, you have medical students, because I'm all for that. So I had <laughs> medical students like, looking at me. It's like, brilliant. Um, so there was yeah, a big entourage, but um, yeah. So it was a, a successful feedback as it goes and she was really healthy. And so I wasn't actually in hospital for very long. Um, yeah, for hospital for yeah so I gave birth at, I think 11 50 and I was out by 12 o'clock the next day so wow that yeah. is good yeah and you felt ready to do that you... yeah and that I suppose is one of the advantages of giving birth vaginally that I was up on my feet um even sort of with an epidural um and okay you know I I did have I, I was um uh cut slightly so I did have a, a, two stitches but nothing in comparison to the um stitches i suppose with with, with the c-section so i mean you're half the day you're completely kind of immobilized aren't you with the section and and then even then you're like oh yeah, exactly exactly um so yeah in comparison it was both now so i can compare the two yeah. <laughs> but um amazing so you went home the next day and then and then yeah how's the recovery been so yeah recovery's been been um great um i've been you know being able to sort of move around and be mobile um you know there, there's any you, problems anything you weren't different. expecting no i think no i mean you're so sore in in different places rather than your tummy a little bit swollen and um things like that but um Did you have, sorry to interrupt but when you um i guess you only got to eight centimeters before so you wouldn't have had any stitch or anything like that before no. so yeah it's it is different isn't it like it's you know going to the loo things like that sitting down they can all be a bit like yeah sitting down so i got myself a um a cushion with a hole in it yeah. which does make a difference yeah. and of course there's the bleeding as well like to be perfectly honest you know with the, the one of the nice things about a section is they clean that all out and you have minimal bleeding so but of course with a vaginal birth you know it, three weeks later and there's you know you are are, are still bleeding so that that's something um in it to, con, to consider i suppose but um in terms of the recovery um yeah I, I, it's been good how's the old pelvic floor 
Yeah, that hasn't been great. Um, I have had a few moments, went to the shop a couple of days ago and I sneezed three times and I was like, yeah, okay, so I've emptied my bladder basically. Um, it's still early days and you've got, there's lots to be done with that. So I think if you just follow the right pathway of, you know, go and find a good women's health physio and get yeah. things, but for now you just need to chill and relax and just enjoy your baby. How's it been? How's, how is, how's the little girl, Winnie? Yeah, she's brilliant. She's sort of, I think it's been, yeah, she's just so, she's very sweet. She's feeding really well. And um, I do sort of um, sympathise with women who are giving birth during these times with their first child because, you know, health visitor appointments and midwife appointments have been over the phone and the majority and, you know, establishing breastfeeding is really difficult. I think when you compare it to the birth, actually, it's, it's really tough. You're tired and you're not, you know, you're not taught that much. And particularly in a busy unit, the midwife hasn't got a lot of time to sort of support you with that. And it's not their number one priority. They're there to deliver babies. So um, did you find it easier than with Barnaby or not really? Yes, um, I did. I did. Um, I'd done it once before. I think, you know, my breasts had done it once before. So my milk came hormonally, in. It's different, isn't it? Because you're, when you have an elect, well, I mean, I guess That's with the you're kind of in the throes of labour but with an elective you're not so you're kind of you know bringing the baby out before the body's gone through the processes but um I mean I found definitely like the second time even though I just found it I think I thought I would know exactly what I was doing and I just definitely didn't like and then after about you know 45 minutes of King, I mean she's still crying and like she's I feel like she's latched on and then I was really lucky in, in Winchester I had an amazing midwife who just said if you want any help just um actually she was a healthcare assistant she wasn't even a midwife but she'd done lots and lots of training on it so if you want any help just come and find me and I was like okay thanks 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 and I never asked oh I didn't ask and then suddenly I thought you know what I'm gonna find her and I found her and she spent an hour with me and she Brilliant. was doing noises and like actions and everything and like yeah. from the moment on I got it so if anyone ever offers you help just take it I absolutely would say that because those people are few and far between and you need to kind yeah. of hunt them down don't you and I did that with the birth of Barnaby I latched on to a lady I think she was a lactation consultant but I don't think they always have them in in you know in every unit so um I did that and I said will you come back in three hours and watch again and and ask loads of questions and I think you really have to do that I think that's really really important um I heard a lot of women and it broke my heart actually um with curtains drawn you know after after giving birth and crying and trying to give birth and I just thought really you know reach out because ask yeah, with breastfeeding, um, yeah. really, really important to 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 ask because it's also like you said, it's like um, it doesn't just because you've done it once before, the baby hasn't done it once before. It's a new baby, and they're learning a skill. So they anatomically, they're different, and everything. Absolutely, so, yeah. Because I think you know we're, we're always kind of made to believe that oh, you know, it's so natural anyone can do it, but I just don't. I don't think it's as simple as that. Like. It really isn't, and I think. Um, so much in all the NCT courses and the antenatal courses is covering birth um, but very little I found was covering breastfeeding but it's also if you've got a baby there in front of you like you could you know act it out with a dolly as many times and watch as many videos right. of it but it's not the same and yeah, yeah it's a tough one and I think there's a lot of pressure and guilt that goes around it but that's for a whole other discussion isn't it exactly <laughs> amazing so um thank you so much it sounds like you're doing such an amazing job and also I mean just you know giving birth in such crazy times like I mean is it 
you said um, before that it was in a way quite nice because you get to sit, sit and just be a little family, especially in your new home. But yeah. also it must be a little bit isolating. Is, is, when does Joe go back to work then? Yeah, so um, I think it is isolating. And I think for a lot of people not having visitors, so no one's met Winnie yet. So no family, no one's been to visit. In some ways could be seen as a blessing in disguise. So you don't have <laughs> to have a barrage of family and in-laws and people coming to visit you. But it is quite sad. And I think that that could have quite a big impact on a lot of um, new mums. Yeah. Um, but it's seeing the bigger picture and remembering that you're actually ultimately protecting your newborn baby because we just don't know the impact of it. And I think that helps to kind of keep your feet on the ground about why this is happening. And there's all the time in the future for them to enjoy yeah. the baby. And it's the case, you know, in a way, like, it's so, especially with number two, like, um, you know, trying to keep the first one act, uh, you know, entertained. Like you've got to go back to all the classes and all this, that, and the other. And actually, you're giving your body like an amazing time to recover now. And exactly. you know, there there is no pressure to go out and do anything. And no. you know, yeah, I think it's just about uh, you know, there's the balance between your mental health and getting out and getting the fresh air and getting the exercise yeah. and and also having that kind of you know feedback from other mothers. And um, I mean, of course, because you are you know, um, a mother of two now, like you will have all those mother friends that you've had from the first lot. So yeah. it's, it is different. It's definitely a different experience and you probably don't spend as many sleepless nights trawling mum's net or, you know. Yeah. Which you shouldn't <laughs> do anyway because exactly. it's, it's awful. Um, you'll find yeah. all sorts of answers. But um, oh, yeah, exactly. um, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. So it could feel quite isolating. I mean, but in some ways it could be a blessing in disguise because, um, my husband is at home, whereas now I'm three and a half weeks in, he would have only had two weeks paternity leave and he'd be back at work and I'd be juggling on my own. So, um, and it's been some real, real quality time together. Um, but yeah, it, 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 I think the impact could be like, you know, the, the antenatal appointments that follow up is... Um, probably quite, quite quite tricky so the health visitor's been over exactly. yeah people's anxiety is probably through the roof yeah. Yeah, exactly. absolutely yeah i think so um but overall it's i mean it, it's a story to tell your child isn't it and the letter i got from boris johnson saying from the prime minister and it's got the data on it i've like put it in winnie's birthing file because it's like you know you were born during this pandemic it's kind of it is i mean it's it's a day you'll never forget anyway but it's even more incredible with you know and but also so positive that you know against all of the odds it came it did become a really positive story you know you just moved house there's a pandemic going on you know you were going through a, a different type of birth but you, you know a much more positive birth experience than you had last time and it's all worked out so it's, it's a really yeah. great story and it's i'm really grateful for you to share it with us because i'm sure there's well i know there are lots of mothers out there who are pregnant right now and feeling really yeah. anxious about it and i think you know knowing that there are positive stories um it's it's just really nice to hear them sometimes and hopefully it can make you feel um a, a bit more confident about your birthing decision but also just you know it's not all doom and gloom and that there are some really lovely you know positive and things are still possible to go well for you in, in exactly. many exactly and the midwife who gave who helped me with winnie um was a retired midwife who'd come wow. back so it kind of goes to show that it's actually lovely oh, and all eyes on this midwives have been short staffed for ages but now they're fixing it because so there are some things like I felt very looked after and I think it's such a big thing that you can't control 
your birth will be looked after midwives are brilliant and i think they've done a lot of work around keeping your anxiety low to have that conversation um about sort of yeah giving birth in this environment i think the probably sort of a final point they one of the things that they are driving at the moment as well is just encouraging people to make phone calls if they're concerned you know like if you've got a condition like speak to your midwife speak to the doctor speak to go to a e if you feel you need to like don't feel that just because it's there's covid out there and that's the only thing that people are treating yeah. now like all the other systems are still in place to manage all you know all the other conditions that are going on whether it's giving birth or you know having a heart condition so i think it's really important to remember that um you know you are still important and yeah and we'll have the team around you to support you yeah. it just might be in a slightly different format to normally so yeah exactly exactly it's a good point amazing thank you so much charlotte you're a sweetheart and um thank you for having uh, me yeah it's been a pleasure it's been an absolute pleasure and um hope to meet winnie soon at some point absolutely um, yeah, take care. Have a nice Bye. afternoon. You too. See you later. Bye.